Welcome to Next Level High School Talk inside the Fuel Platform powered by GameForge. Your host will be Brian Bailey. If you want your high school team to be the best team in the state, we're here for you. If you have an aspiration to play collegiate golf, you need to take time and listen. So let's go ahead and close your books, power down Tic Tac and Face Chat, and let's get started. Hey there, Fuel Nation. This is Brian Bailey bringing you a Next Level, the six W's on data collection. This is the coach's version. I already released the player's version, so players watch that. If you're a coach, you want to listen to this one. Don't cross don't cross the streams like Ghostbusters. Bad things might happen. So this one is designed more with the coach in mind, where the other one was more designed with the player in mind. So here we go. Uh, Uncle Brian's going to drop some knowledge on why it's important for you as a coach if you're not using some sort of data collection system, and I mean by using it, I mean actually having players record, actually going in and looking at the numbers and actually coming up with a training program, as well as tracking what you're doing in training and maybe even offsite, then you're not really using data. So let's dive in here and take a look. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is who should be actually recording data. In my opinion, every player that's trying to get better. So if you run an academy, uh, just straight up lessons with amateurs, juniors, uh, things along that lines. If you have a team, uh, things like that, you should be recording data because as you have more players, it is hard for you to pick, to go watch them play, to take in all this information by you actually physically watching them other than when they show up at the range or the putting green or inside the weight room. Or, you know, again, we have coaches inside of Game Forge from the whole spectrum from uh, skills inside of golf as well as training sports psychology we even have a couple of nutritionists in here so there's a wide array of people that are using the system so the key part when you really look at as a coach who should be using this is anybody that's trying to get better number one and again for you to be more effective coach you need these players putting in data that way you can see what they're doing when you're not there uh i think to me you know people always say well you need to get on the golf course and, and watch them play that's huge but you can't go to every event and watch every swing of the golf club but the beauty is if they're taking data recording it and putting in good information you can really understand what's happening and make really good decisions on training and how to progress these players to reach their next level opposed to again just getting on a range and and throwing out some numbers and maybe getting them to hit a different shape shot or or things like that but progression to performance is completely different than switching than teaching uh, golf swing so again Collecting data allows you to improve performance. So that is key. Had a, a, a golf coach that is in all the different golf magazines, very respected. Uh, I won't give his name because I, I don't want to throw that out just in case. Uh, but he came to me uh, once he really started to learn GameForge. And he's like, I've learned from the best coaches in the world, from biomechanics to how to learn, um, to how to putt, the biomechanics of all this. Uh, all these cool, cool pieces, but the one thing I didn't have to pull it all together was what performance markers are important, when, where, how, what, all we're getting ready to talk about is I didn't have that to pull all these pieces together, so I had a bunch of really cool pieces floating around, GameForge, and the data collection has allowed me to pull that into a tight, a tight grouping, and now when I see a player i know exactly what his goals are i know exactly what we're going to work on we have a technique piece uh we might have a you know a, a skills piece but we always go into performance and say here's the numbers shots to green how many shots is it going to be 
let's go ahead and do some dispersion game. All these things building to performance opposed to let's worry about what the shaft is doing, X, Y, Z. So performance, 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 and all the pieces you've learned up to now will support that and move a player quickly. So who? Everybody that you teach. Ideally, like I said, anybody that wants to get better uh, should be recording data for you. Uh, what data should be recorded? Well, that really depends on their levels. So I think what's really unique about GameForge uh, is we actually have different recording methods and we recommend by different scoring zones. Uh, we created the Forging Player series, which takes players that shoot in the 90s to 100s, what we call learning players and emerging players. Uh, we have a primary stat system for them. That's all the information they need to put in. They don't need to be tracking what a tour professional is tracking because their ability to control the golf ball and hit certain shots is just not equal to that of a tour player. So what we need to do is really design uh, data entry for what's important now. So to me, you get, need to understand where your player is and what factors are important now. Uh, and what we do is we break that down. So we have primary stats. Uh, for players shooting in the 80s, we have what we call quick stats. And then once you break 70s, what we have is full stats. And as we progress through full stats to elite to tour player, then we add pieces like targeting. Uh, so again, we... Each level has different add-ons because it's important to understand what they're doing at these levels where we can help move them. Because the better we get, it becomes a much more finite areas of improvement, and we need to be able to dig in on those. Uh, I think the biggest mistake that we do as an industry, and we do a lot, um, is when we do have players record data, we have them putting in tons and tons of data that doesn't really concern them. So, uh, you know, play the shooting in the 80s and we're asking them for 30 minutes of data entry after that. Why? Because most of that is just beyond their skill set as of right now. And I think that idea of me having to do 30 minutes worth of work and I'm getting no real value out of it, it really, I think, muddies the water for them in the future to add data because they'll remember back, oh, God, I used to do that and I learned nothing from it. So let's reduce the amount of work that they have to do inside of scoring and inside of performance and as they get better we'll drill down deeper and deeper i think the other really cool part is even at at our highest level you're looking at about a five to six minute entry um, for a full round uh, we actually have a couple touring professionals that actually do it on their own uh, they don't do their, the caddy doesn't do it they actually sit down after a round and they input their own data which i love for reflection makes them think about what just happened but like i said this is something that is very doable and can be done by all the different levels so again i hear a lot of people well i have really high handicappers well we got to start recording some sort of data because we got to understand their performance and we got to understand how to move them yes there's some technical pieces and skill pieces that are missing but if we don't understand what they're doing and how they're moving and, and what they're scoring again we're not coaching them we're just instructors right we're swing instructors if you want to be a coach a performance coach you got to take data and you got to learn to apply it so that is what uh, needs to be recorded and again going to game forge you can see all the different breakdowns of that as well as we have all the forging players series uh, breakouts and all that as well why why should i have my players uh, record data and why do i need that as a coach um strips away emotion holds them accountable um allows you to see when you're not there uh all these pieces are really, really important. It takes away confabulation. That's one of my favorite words, confabulation, right? Players, coach, uh, players, parents, 
you know, depending on how the, you know, maybe even a college coach or high school coach, they confabulate all the time. They start to make up trends and start to make up issues that don't really exist. Um, data pulls that all back. It allows you to see what's happening. Now, assuming good data is being put in the system, it allows you to see what is actually happening, opposed to, once again, the, the confabulation of, oh, I'm, I'm the worst long putter, I'm the worst this, I'm not making anything from this zone, or I'm missing fairways, or my driver's terrible. That's all anecdotal. What does the data say? What, what can I do to help you move? And if you're not recording, and if you're not understanding that, Again, you're you're really behind the ball on being able to coach. So why do you think this? Why is this important? Why this needs to be done? Uh, we had a player that we consulted with on the PGA Tour. Uh, he and his coach came to us putting wise, had him ranked 200 something on putts gained. Just was like, I'm a terrible. Everyone's telling me all the stats are telling me I'm a terrible putter, but I I think I'm okay. So oh my God, does this player have delusion? Is he in denial? So we kind of ran what we do inside of GameForge. We, we don't use shots gain model. Uh, we actually use a predictive model. We, our system is designed to predict score where strokes gain and all this reporting what happened and comparing it to other people at the venue at the same time. And if they're not at the venue at the same time, it gets a little, it gets a little off the rails. So we're more of a predictive software. So he came to us and we said, all right, let's look at your... In your BIP rate, which is birdies in position, let's look at your blackjack conversions, your IP conversions, your P6 conversions, your EG conversions, your one putts, your three putts. Let's look at all these pieces. And what was really fascinating is by the number, he was actually putting pretty average as a tour player, which so he's 30%. He was about 31% in position curve or in position conversion. 30% is roughly tour average. He was actually a little better at EG conversion, so he's making a little bit more long putts. But the one part he was weak in was putts inside of eight feet. So he missed a couple P6s, not a couple, but he missed a P6 or two every every you know four or six rounds. And he missed a blackjack putt basically once a tournament. So he's missing a, some shorter putts for birdie, one, or, you know, one putt for par saves inside of P6. And we all know in strokes gained and putts gained, if you miss a short putt, it's over, right? It dings you. So what we came to find out is he is a really good putter between 9 and 20, and he's actually a really good putter outside of 20, and he misses an occasional short putt. Do we want him to improve that? Yes. Could he, you know, all these pieces, but you got to be careful, right? Because if you change a short putt, it might break all the other pieces down the line. So talking with him, we're like, you're actually at or above the average tour player on a lot of zones. You just have a couple short misses. So what we were able to empower him with is it was okay. You're performing well enough. Your ball striking's through the roof. All the other components are really, really good. You just miss an occasional putt or two, um, a tournament or every every other tournament, and that's kind of dinging you um, by these stat numbers. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, I, that's what I feel, and that's what the data actually showed. But if you would have looked at other data models, you know, again, that he would have shown to be one of the worst players in, in the history of putting inside of the golf world. And this dude's making millions and millions of dollars each year. So, uh, again, the data didn't support what was happening. So that's why it's important, again, is you need to understand and be able to help identify and target stuff for your players. And that's why why you need to actually make sure that you're taking in data and then you're understanding it and applying it back to the player. Because it had been really easy for me to just go to the PGA Tour and go, yeah, you suck. Yeah, you need to really work on some stuff. It didn't give me enough information. So that's why. Next thing is where. 
where should I record my data? Well, of course, I think you should use GameForge. Uh, we built GameForge because we were frustrated with every other data system out there. Uh, again, we're a predictive software where every other um, data program is really a reporting software. So we, we differ there. Um, but wherever you're using it, even if you're using a journal and a spreadsheet on your own, you need to be recording it somewhere. And I mean recording everything. Everything. From training to what you eat to how you sleep, depending again on your coaching team and what's important to you, kind of your ethos as a player and as a coach, what's important for each player, make sure they're recording that and giving you that data. So where I, again, I'm biased, I think GameForge, uh, or you can use a lesser system out there. Just kidding. But just make sure that you're using some sort of data system. So that's where. Now, when, when should, when should I be reporting data? <laughs> Always on the golf course. That includes competition rounds for your players. That includes qualifying rounds if you have qualifiers, as well as any practice rounds, any fun time. Anytime they, anytime they tee it up, they should be recording data. Good, bad, other, don't care, need to record data. Are you recording data as your players are training? Oh, that's, uh-oh. A lot of coaches just looked, looked me in the eye and tell me yes. A lot of you just looked away, right? A lot of players and coaches don't record training data. Why? We need to understand inside of training what's happening. So we have tons of assessments. So assessing, 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 making sure that the areas that we're targeting that we're getting better inside of training and is that going actually into play? We've got to we've got to track what's happening inside of training. If you're not doing that, you're letting your player down a little bit. Also, what about um, offsite? You know, if you have a team, are they strength and conditioning? Are they doing nutrition? Is there sleep? Uh, mental game, what pieces are they working offside, offside of the golf course? And are those pieces moving the pieces to getting them better? Everything goes back to the performance, right? And data showing that. Are the pieces that they're using getting them better? Are they getting, you know, is strength training hurting them? Is their sports performance coach filling their head with stuff that's not moving the bar? I don't know. But you, but if you don't take data, you'll never know. Then it's just a guess. Don't be that record so anytime that they change equipment you should be tracking when they changed equipment over a period of time did they get better did they get worse is it relatively the same make sound decisions off of data opposed to everybody else is just kind of guessing and, and when to record this is probably my biggest pet peeve i have with players uh and i would even say coaches are bad at this as well and i get your work in the psychology but when you have a bad bad session ball striking we're doing a dispersion drill and our dispersions are too big uh i had a putting drill and assessment my you know i was way below what i normally am well i'm just not going to record that or i'm going to do it again no do not record only your great shots because you're only giving us half the data right how do averages work 50 percent here 50 percent here mean in the middle if we only weight all of our putts as being great We've skewed our average way over here. And then when they perform, they way underperforming. We're like, what's going on? Because we've got to record everything. The system doesn't judge. We as coaches judge. You as a player, parent, you can judge. But the system doesn't judge. So you've got to put this data in so we get a full um, view of what's happening. Uh, just to kind of give you a, a, a funny story about kind of this. We had a tour player that was using our system, was using some of our drills and said our, our short game numbers were impossible and the drills were too hard. And I was like, well, we have 
junior golfers that are achieving these numbers and you're not. Uh, and, and this player thought that they were going to remain on tour or was trying to get on tour. And we're like, if these drills are too hard and your performance is at this level, there's no way you can play on tour. And needless to say, they're not on tour. Uh, so, again, they, they had a denial. They believed that they were good enough. The data was saying no. The training was saying no. But they believed that they were. But the numbers showed them that they couldn't actually achieve. So when do you record? you got to record everything. And you can't deny or, or not record stuff because that is a detriment to you in the future. I call those anchors, things we want to avoid, things we hide. That's dropping an anchor and it's dragging on the ocean bottom. Like if you have a really powerful engine, you can drag that anchor for a while. But at some point, that anchor is going to hook on something and you're not going to be able to move. Um, so don't allow players to drop many anchors. And a lot of that comes to is when they actually record. Make sure they record everything. All right. So the final thing is how, how. How do I record data? What's important? Like, what what can I, how can I learn from this data? That's really the key point, right? So we're going to record it in the system. And the beauty of, I'm only going to talk about GameForge. All the other systems, there's so many and they, they do things so differently. I'm not going to waste my time there. But what you need to be able to do is how to apply this. We've got to identify strengths and weaknesses. So is their offense good? Is their defense good? Is their noise? Like, are they making birdies or are they not? And again, it depends on level, right? Are they saving bogey? Are they, they giving away bogeys? Are they making big numbers or eagles? Things like that. So we've got to start to understand where they are and how they're moving pieces. Once we can identify strengths, then we can benchmark these strengths, right? So I'm really good at, you know, hitting 13 greens and eight in positions. Awesome. Or I'm a, you know, a, a, a you know, low 80 shooter and I'm hitting 10 greens and I'm getting about four in positions. Awesome. Those are all strengths to where you need to be. Then what we need to do is actually start to dial in and focus in on weaknesses. So what we're going to do is benchmark everything that's good. And we're going to keep training the way we're training because we're nailing our numbers for performance. But there's one or two, three weak pieces. What we're going to do is figure out which piece is the biggest. And we're really going to dial in and focus in on that one piece or two, depending on how long we have in between tournaments. And we're really going to drill down and focus in on weaknesses. And that gives us the ability. So inside of training, we'll have benchmarks where we're going to keep working on what's good, but we're going to designate a little bit more time and focus in on pieces that are a little bit behind. Maybe I'm not making enough putts inside of six feet to save par. Maybe my scrambling from 20 to 30 yards out of the rough is not achieving the P6, P12 numbers I need. So again, what we're going to start to do is this is how we're going to start to identify strengths and weaknesses and how we're going to start applying training to that. Um, this uh, the beauty of this is this allows you to be proactive as a coach. Um, so if, if you're an a instructor or a, a coach at a club and you have a bunch of juniors and things, sometimes having people coming back for, for lessons is challenging. The beauty of this is if they're putting in data and you're tracking that, when you start to see trends or you start to see focus points changing, you'll be like, hey, we need to get together. You know, you've, you've raised this focus point now to a benchmark. But there's another focus we need to switch over to. So you can be proactive in getting your players to come see you more often, which is a positive for a coach as well as the player. Uh, also, how to actually use this inside of the system gives you an advantage to help multiple players across the system. So the beauty of GameForge, it'll help you manage 
10 players, 20 players, 30 players. If you don't have a data system and you're not doing this, managing 30 players is almost impossible because you can't go see them play all the time. You can't see all this stuff. You can't spend that much time with a bunch of them. But the beauty of the data and being able to track this and assigning and creating training plans based off the data, you can actually manage, I would say, up to hundreds of golfers and be able to provide them the data and the focus and the strength pieces to get them to their next level. So that's kind of how you would want to apply it. So again, to me, this is, you know, in a nutshell, the six W's of why you should be collecting data as a coach. Uh, also, I think the one piece that the biggest pushback I get from players is they're just, they're very, they're optimal at conserving energy, AKA can be a little bit lazy. Uh, so they're like, oh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like putting, you know, I don't feel like taking the time after a round to input stats. Well, the beauty of GameForge, it's three to five minutes on average. Um, a lot of systems, you know, it could be 15 to 20 minutes. I get it. So let's just say GameForge, let's say it averages five minutes. You play a three, a college event. So that's 15 minutes of data entry. But the beauty of the 15 minutes from data entry is one, is you can actually at, at venue work on things that are important to get you good tomorrow for the next round, right? So you can actually take that data, see strengths and weaknesses, see how you play certain holes, all this immediately. And again, five minutes after a round is definitely doable. Grab a snack, get in a nice quiet place, put in your stats, reflect on what happened, come up with a game plan on how to get better. It's a great way to use game forward short term. Midterm, um, again, understanding um, over time how things are moving, how things are getting better. So uh, again, just understanding that I can start to paint a picture and then even over longer goals, what's going on, but I can save time there too, right? So if I can highlight exactly what I need to work on, benchmarks, weaknesses, come up with a training plan for the week, I can take less hours at the golf course to hit the points I need to do, right? So you can actually make training more efficient and it'll buy you more time. So that 15 minutes or 20 minutes a week that you're using to input stats, you know, for four, you know, for four or five rounds, three to five rounds, that time that you're using is going to save you time in the long run. So yes, you're investing a little bit of time to input stats. Um, but again, you're getting immediate feedback and understanding and training how to get better and you can make stuff more efficient. So your training at golf course is much more efficient. I get 30 minutes plus for some systems. Now you're talking, you know, three rounds, you're looking at an hour and a half, two hours worth of data entry. All right, maybe we're hitting a Mendoza line where it's just not worth that much entry. But that's why, again, inside of GameForge, we've, we've flexed the system for you to actually um, record what's important now. So again, a 80 shooter doesn't need to spend 30 minutes putting in data. They need to spend about three minutes. You know, a tour player needs to spend about six minutes putting in data. They don't need their caddy or whoever putting in, you know, 45 minutes worth of data. That's not what we need to be able to reach our goals, to reach our next level. So I hope that was helpful on the six W's. I got two questions that came in. And since this is a coaches only, I only accepted coaches questions. First one is, uh, I got this from Instagram. What is the main difference between a Division One and Division Two program? Well, not pretty open question here, right? Other than money, money at the Division One level, depending on what type of division. Well, like again, you have Division One, you got the Power Five conferences: the ACC, SEC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, Pac Twelve. They have lots of money, right? And all their programs get lots of stuff. Uh, then you have mid-majors, then you have kind of just Division One schools, and you have low-level Division Ones. 
Uh, and then you have division two high levels, kind of mid levels, low levels. Division two high levels can compete with division one average and beat the heck out of division one lows. So division two schools are good. On the men's side, the scoring average is not very big. I've created a couple videos on this. I encourage you to go watch them. Um, so the division two uh, level of kind of their number ones are really, really good. What you see on the Division II level is they tend to, as you go through the five players, they, you know, the average Division I team kind of out to the five players about 73, flattens out real fast, about one over par, one and a half over par. A Division Three is about 74, 75-ish, and then a Division Three goes up to about 79. So it kind of, so you can see the depth that Division One is much greater. Division Two, the depth, you know, is less, so the scoring averages get bigger. Um, but to me, division two is a great alternative for a lot of players. Um, there's a lot of touring professionals that have played division two golf. Um, it is not a division that means you're going to be, that you can't play golf in. Uh, but again, division one does have the perks of, you know, flying team vans, lots of equipment where division two is a little more bare boned, a lot of rentals, uh, a lot less flying. But again, a great way to compete. And again, if your goal is to play professional, Division II golf is not a bad place to hone your craft and get better. So to me, those are kind of the main differences. Recruiting-wise, there's some different rules. Division One has different rules than Division II. Uh, so just be cognizant of that when you're going in because Division II coaches can do things different. It's a little freer at the Division II level um, and things like that. Uh, next question. What can I do to help a junior get recruited to college? Well, one collect data and get them to move performance levels Two, um, be an advocate for them. Um, if you know coaches and you have a really good player and you think this player is going to be really good in a couple years or could really help a team, you know, grab a phone, give them a call, shoot them an email, say, Hey, I have a player. I think you were early, you know, would be a good fit. They, you know, their mom went to your school and they'd be a great walk on or whatever, but be an advocate, right? Reach out and other than moving them and getting them better, inside of technical skills, performance, and all that, be an advocate for them is the big thing, you know. And, and be honest with coaches when the coach calls, you know, say, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for. Do you, does this player fit this? And you'd be like, well, currently the player doesn't, but we're definitely working on this areas. Because you got to be an honest broker to these coaches because even though the, the player that's currently there that you're really trying to help, there might be one or two below them. And if you kind of, stretch the truth on the current player you burn some coaches and, and that word gets passed around then they're not going to really believe you in the future so be an honest broker be like hey this is what we're doing here's what we're doing the cool thing is if you have a game forge you can say here's their data here's what they look like here's where they're you know we're ideally where they're going to go in the future here's the things we're working on so again to me that's showing a coach that this player is very coachable this player understands what they're working on why they're working on where they're going all are huge benefits opposed to a coach not knowing or just a coach going, yeah, so-and-so is real good. You know, so those components. So, again, just be a really big advocate. Be honest. Be a good broker. And you'd be amazed on the goodwill and what will happen in the future for your players. So, again, the key, the key thing is advocate. Just, just really help them um, push out to coaches where you can. Uh, so this was our latest installment of the six W's instead of the high school coaching. Uh, high school coaching, I was doing twice a month. This 
this actual uh, video series is going to be pulled back to once a month because we're getting ready to kick off our college talk, um, especially with the college postseasons coming. So that's going to eat up a lot of my time. We're going to run special series on the ACC, SEC championships, uh, the regionals for college golf, men's and women's national championships, uh, match play predictions, and all these really cool stuff we're going to be running here in April and May and even pushing somewhat June. Um, so that's going to eat up a lot more time. So the high school coaching, uh, the high school series will fall back to once a month. But again, I will continue to make these. I will continue to keep them free for all high school coaches. Again, one of the, the coaching genres that get no love so i'm going to keep that free inside of fuel if you're not a fuel member uh go to videos.mygameforge.com you can join for free you'd get access to this and a couple other videos or become a paying member we really encourage if you want to bring your team into game forge as a high school coach please do love to have you um and again that's at mygameforge.com and of course you can find us on the fuel podcast network or you can email me at contact at mygameforge.com. I think I hit them all. So uh, thank you for your time. Really excited that you took the time to listen to this and apply the six W's inside of data collection and move your players to the next level. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. This has been a Fuel Production.